Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to the Water Cooler, everybody. Happy Friday. I'm David Brody. It's Friday, April 23rd, 2021. We have a jam-packed show today. Let's start with this. Look what email popped up in my inbox. Caitlyn Jenner, formerly known as Bruce Jenner, is planning to run for governor of California, a Republican transgender. We're going to explore that in a moment. Also today, the big 2020 vote audit in Arizona, a huge deal in a huge arena where a hand recount is going to take place of all 2.1 million ballots cast in Maricopa County. Democrats fighting this in court, but wait a minute. What do they have to hide? I mean, I thought there was no election fraud. <laughs> More coming up. And the, the dumbing down of our America's children, of America's children, the state of Virginia looks like they're going to drop accelerated math classes prior to 11th grade. So, like, what's the message here exactly? If you like math at a young age, sorry, too bad. Don't get me started. Also today, we have with us the Canadian pastor who told police to get out of his church after they responded to a call of a COVID warning. I don't care what you have to say. Out! Out! Out of this property, you Nazis! Get out, you Nazis! Can't wait to speak to the pastor on the show today. And our jam-packed show doesn't end there. Guess who also is with us? Carol Baskin of Tiger King fame is going to join us. Most of you know all about the very popular Netflix series. Well, she's back, and she has a deal for Joe Exotic. The question is, will he take it? But first, Caitlyn Jenner, leave it to California to have a former Olympic athlete turned reality TV star, turned transgender, decide to run for governor out in the state of La La Land. I want to get more on this over at JustTheNews.com, our nerve center with the top nervy guy. No, you're not a nervy guy, but Joe Weber. Joe, what can you tell us here? Hi, I'm in, she says in her announcement today. Um, pretty exciting that she promises that a more formal announcement will come in the coming weeks. But you know she's for real when she's selling $35 wine glasses set uh, in her swag. So she's in it. You take a look a little bit more. Uh, I know this is obviously she throws some wattage into this race. Um, long line of um, famous people, movie actors, Arnold, Republicans, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Ronald Reagan running. But I'm really sort of quite interested in a little bit more of the electoral politics nerdiness of it. You look at the people who are collecting the money for her, Win Red, been associated with a lot of Republican campaigns like Donald Trump, RNC, um, the, the Senatorial Committee for um Republican candidates. And you take a look at some of the people who have reportedly been helping her, Brad Parscale, um, from a former Trump campaign manager, Caroline Wren, uh, who also raised some money for President Trump. Uh, one thing that's kind of interesting to me uh, beyond the celebrity wattage is, you know, who will be her coalition of voters? As you were alluding to, um, you know, in the intro, you would assume that a transgender candidate, the most of her, you know, uh, maybe votes would come from the Democratic progressives, and that'll be difficult to get. Will she align herself with Trump? You see that she's had some Trump people, mm -hmm. but she's spoken out against. She endorsed him in 2016, but then she spoke out against him for some of his uh, more you know, abrasive comments over right. the course of 
the next four years. So where was she build that coalition? Maybe, you know, idea of a transgender uh, as a Republican, maybe that's how you win. And you know, no one has won since 2013 in Schwarzenegger who won a recall, right? Well, for sure. Uh, and we'll have to see what happens, Joe, but we appreciate you. And uh, let, let me just quickly ask you a follow up before we, we just run on with the story. What, what are your what's your sense there? I mean, as it relates to uh, some of the backlash, I mean, the Republicans are going to have an interesting time with this, uh, especially uh, folks in the deep conservative base, uh, not just in California, but nationally, how they kind of position themselves. Well, that's what I find is so fascinating. So I was referring to like, where is that coalition? How is she going to thread that, you know, that needle as they talk about where you get the base, but yeah, you're going to need some votes from the outside to, you know, to build enough coalition because it's difficult for a Republican to win. And just maybe the idea that she's a transgender candidate could pull those sort of marginal votes, the Democrats, disaffected Democrats with Gavin Newsom, whose recall election is spurring this whole campaign by her. Uh, maybe that's how she figures that's her path to victory. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, thank you. All right, now to Arizona, where Democrats are trying to block the audit of 2 million plus votes in Maricopa County. It was set to get underway today. We now have this legal wrinkle at the last moment. Here's a question. Why are they blocking this if everything was kosher in Arizona during the 2020 election? Joining us now, Arizona's former Secretary of State Ken Bennett. He's in the arena. Ken, thanks for being here. Thank you, David. It's good to be with you. Well, look, you're working as a liaison between Arizona Republicans and the vendor who's responsible for doing the audit. Why don't you give us the latest there? I know you're on your phone. We, we like this. It feels very Blair Witch Project. What do you got? Well, you can see the ballots that are being stored in the cages over here. Uh, 2.1 million ballots were delivered by Maricopa County just yesterday. The machines came in before that. Uh, they're doing some training on the floor. You'll see that there's four colored teams, yellow, green, blue, and red. Uh, there'll be about 150 volunteers at any given time doing the audit. And we're going to make sure that we prove to the voters of Arizona and the whole world, we hope, that this election was done in a fair and open and transparent manner. So, Ken, uh, help me out on this. The Democrats are trying to stop it. What, what's the latest there? What's your sense on the timetable of when you might get to this? Uh, we're going to get to it today. Uh, they have a hearing and a couple of hours to try to stop it. But every indication is that uh, it's just a scheduling hearing and all of their claims are completely unfounded as far as security or anything else they're complaining about. We don't even think they have standing because uh, this is a Senate uh, audit and the legislature has broad authority, which is why the judge ruled in the first place that this audit can proceed. So then, Ken, where are we specifically as it relates to what you hope to find? Because what if they do the 2.1 audit, or they're going to do the audit, and it comes back uh, to the point where there wasn't much uh, there there? Are, are you concerned that there, there won't be anything there? Well, we're not presupposing whether there was something there or not. But an audit has to be done from a unbiased standpoint as far as we're going to get whatever we get. People have uh, been critical of one of the owners of the audit company as to his opinions, but we're not audit auditing the opinions of any of the contractors. We're auditing the ballots. Uh, we'll also be looking at the envelopes and the signatures. We'll also be looking at voter registrations. Uh, we're going to be doing a hand count and a, ma a machine recount of the 2.1 million ballots. So if there are problems, we'll find them. 
If there aren't, we'll find that too. And we'll be able to tell the people of Arizona and, and around the country that elections in Arizona are fair and transparent and accurate. Well, and see, and that's the key part of all of this, that it's a, it's a victory for election integrity at the end of the day is what you're saying, either way. Absolutely. And I think the cynicism that's trying to rip our country apart is largely based on our elections not being transparent enough so that we not only prove to the winners who won, but to the losers that they did lose. And, you know, about half the country was complaining four years ago that they thought there was fraud in the 2016 election. Kind of the opposite are complaining about 2020. So we're going to do this audit. I think it's going to be the first real comprehensive audit uh, of this size that will help set a pattern for the rest of the country so that we can know whether our elections have integrity or not. Ken, what's your sense of how long this is going to take? The counting process will take about three weeks. There are other processes that will take another couple, and, and then they'll probably have a couple weeks to write up the final report. I think we're looking between 45 and 60 days. Okay, and in terms of paying for this, how is, the, how is this working in terms of who's paying for what here? The Senate has contracted with the main auditor for $150,000. It's going to take much more than that. Probably, I'm guessing, and this is just Ken Bennett's guess, mm -hmm. uh, maybe one and a half million to two million, but there are groups and individuals lining up across the country uh, to help make up that difference. Are, are, and, yeah. Are you encouraged as so we wrap up here? Wanted, so it's a combination. Go ahead, Ken. I'm sorry. Ken, you go ahead. All right, well, we might have lost you. You know, like I said at the beginning, it was like the Blair Witch Project to a degree from an Arizona recount standpoint. Uh, Ken, are you there? Just want to get your final comments. I'm back. Yeah, so I'm what, back. You, I wanted you to follow up on what you were saying there at the, at the end. So the Senate has contracted for $150,000. Mm -hmm. It will take much more than that, probably one and a half to two million. But there are uh, grants and individuals and others around the country uh, from all different political persuasions mm -hmm. wanting to make sure that this audit happens. And so those grant funding mechanisms will make mm -hmm. up the difference to cover the cost of the audit. Ken Bennett, really appreciate you there uh, doing uh, some shoe leather journalism, if you will, for us on the, on the handheld phone. Thanks, Ken. Appreciate it. Uh, once you. again, he's the Thank former you. Secretary of State in Arizona. And by the way, he makes a really good point. Look, you know, the media is like, stop, stop with 2020, stop with all of this election stuff. It's over. Trump lost. Hey, here's the thing. What he said is exactly right. If indeed there was a loss in Arizona, wouldn't you want to know that? I mean, in other words, if this is egg on Trump supporters face, in other words, they do the whole recount and there was nothing to see there. Wouldn't you as a liberal want to know that and say, see, we told you so. Why wouldn't you want to do it? No, instead, they're fighting it in court. Interesting that Democrats are fighting this. Why would you fight election integrity? Back in a moment. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep. The application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. i uh, tell you what, if you are a parent in the suburbs sending your kids to public school, good luck to you. 
as we like to say in uh, the Christian world, God bless you, uh, because I tell you what, it is rough. Look at the latest uh, headline. Uh, this is from Just the News. Virginia reportedly moving to drop accelerated math education prior to 11th grade. So, hey, you know, you're in fifth or sixth grade, you're in eighth or ninth grade, and you say, I, I love math. I want to take some accelerated courses. No, sorry, can't do it. We want to dumb you down. Sorry about that. So Brandon Michon, I want to place a little sound here from him. He's a Virginia parent in Loudoun County. He has been very vocal about the craziness going on in Loudoun County. He had some issues with their COVID policies, uh, boy, for, for months and months. And this video went viral. Have a look. Brandon Michon. Yep. You should all be fired from your day jobs because if your employers knew that you were more inefficient than the, than the DMV, you would be replaced in a heartbeat. I literally just finished a conference call because I'm having to multitask to be here to, to address you guys. You're a bunch of cowards hiding behind our children as an excuse for keeping schools closed. You think you're some sort of martyrs because of the decisions you're making when the statistics do not lie that the vast majority of the population is not at risk from this virus. The garbage workers who pick up my freaking trash risk their lives every day more than anyone in this school system. Figure it out or get off the podium because you know what? There are people like me and a lot of other people out there who will gladly take your seat and figure it out. It's not a high bar. Raise the freaking bar. I believe we call that righteous anger. Uh, joining us now, Brendan Michon, Loudoun County, Virginia parent. Uh, Brandon, great to have you here on the water cooler. Thanks, David. Actually, I think uh, this topic it might get me more fired up than schools being closed. Oh, well, my goodness. Now, hold on. Let's adjust <laughs> the audio levels. Can we adjust the audio levels? Because Brandon's about That's to right. speak. Uh, all right. right. Well, talk to us about uh, the basically, in essence, the dumbing down of our kids, this latest headline about accelerated math classes. Basically, Virginia's like, nah, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, look, we're trying to tell our kids to learn to the lowest common denominator. I mean, I don't understand that. I think it's it's very interesting, right? We have some of the most innovative people in the United States, yet we say if you're naturally talented at math specifically, that you're not allowed to throw, to excel at that. I mean, think about think about what if Le LeBron James wasn't able to be on the court until he was a senior. I mean, natural talent is natural talent. No, absolutely. I think actually it's a really good example, and I think people can understand that. So, so what? So, if you're in Loudoun County, or you're in a county anywhere in this country for that matter, what do you do? I mean, you show up at the the city council, the PTA. I mean, what what can you do and fight the behemoth, if you will, the, this monster that's out there? Right, and and a lot of my my frustration has been local, based on our local school boards. But this is actually a Virginia issue, and so one of the things I think you need is I think one parents need to step up. Parents need to be vocal and say, this is not right. This bridges all political lines. I mean, you can be Democrat, Republican, independent, and you can care about what, whether or not your child is able to get the best education possible. And this actually isn't even about equality. I mean, think about it. The, the wealthy are just gonna send their kids to private schools and those who are not in the same income bracket, and you maybe have a naturally talented person at, at uh, math, is not gonna give, be given that opportunity. So it comes down to leadership and elected officials and I truly believe we just it's this is statewide. Our governor here, I think he's worried more about legalizing pot than he is about, uh, you know, figuring out how to get our school system back on track. For sure. What have you seen in Loudoun County recently? I mean, aren't they pushing the transgender issue there as well? What, what's going on over there? 
Yeah, I think, look, Loudon, Loudon alone has had its own problems, right? We're trying to ban Dr. Seuss. We're trying to uh, talk about critical race theory. Uh, we can't figure out how to get a plan together to get schools back open. We just this last week got kids back four days a week. But again, this comes back to leadership. And the issue on math specifically, and not even going into anything on race, is again, back to our elected officials. And this year is a year when we can have a voice again. And Virginia is electing a governor this year. And I think the best candidate personally is an individual, Glenn Youngkin, who is a businessman who wants to come out and, you know, native Virginian who wants to fix the broken system within Virginia. And it goes from the top down. So then we get a, a governor and then we get, uh, you know, uh, the ADs and then we get local politicians who want to be focused on the children or focused on fixing broken policy and less on uh, political opinions or political agendas. Yeah. Uh, this, the, you know, they talk about how when you're when you're louder, what is it? The squeaky wheel gets the grease or well, anyhow, all that. But you were a, a big time squeaky wheel, if you will. You were you were loud. You were angry and it went viral. Is that what needs to happen today that you have to kind of set yourself apart to say, hey, pay attention, America, pay attention, uh, parents in my county? Look, I don't I don't want to encourage that tactic. I was yeah. frustrated, right? It was more frustration than it was anger. And I think what it's what we're seeing is that you're seeing other people going viral saying, you know, there's a mother in Georgia I heard that just went viral for saying, why are five, six and seven year olds wearing masks when everyone's vaccinated in the schools? But what you need is you just need more parents, parents to care. And what this is going to do and, you know, coming back to just this this uh, math policy, the kindergartners are learning just basics right now. Those are the students who are going to be hurt the most, not the seniors this year. And so what you need is parents to come in and parents to be vocal. And what we've seen in Loudoun County alone is we have success when people come out in numbers, right? Just as the voting, you know, just as this democratic system is set up for us to win when you, when, you know, when you have a majority, if you have parents at whatever county you're in throughout the U.S. come out and say, this is not right, we have a different opinion, that's when change happens, and that's the great part about, you know, democracy. That's a great point. I've got about 30 seconds or so, but we always talk about, you know, the counties, like a Loudoun County, and we, we say, we point the finger, shame on you, shame. But hold on. I mean, the parents cannot sit there and just mail it in. I mean, they've got a major responsibility here. Everything starts in the household, whether you're a parent, you know, single, married, caregiver, mm -hmm. it all starts in the household. And so if you don't pay attention to what's going on and local politics I think during a COVID has become even more important and you've seen policies and things happening, you know, the parents need to be vocal and, and make change. And I think in the past it's been, you know, people have been busy and now that we've been home, people see what's going on and are trying to you know, make some change. Brandon Michon, really appreciate you being here, Loudoun County uh, out there and really trying to fight the good fight. Uh, Brandon, thanks. Thank Hope you'll come on again. All right, thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, thank you. Very, very calm. Very calm. He wasn't. He wasn't going crazy. You know, because we're not Loudoun County, uh, by the way. Uh, but anyhow, that's a separate issue. Hey, uh, coming up next, I'll tell you what. Uh, this is a guest. We've had some guests on the show, but coming next, Carol Baskin, the CEO of Big Cat Rescue. Oh, did I bury the lead? In the Tiger King. You know the Netflix series, Carol Baskin from the Tiger King here on the Water Cooler. Uh, back in a moment. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. Uh, I tell you what, uh, we saw this headline. Uh, let's just put it up. And then we said, we got, we got to talk to, well, anyhow, take a look. In his first prison interview, Tiger King star Joe Exotic says he'll accept Carol Baskin's offer 
to help reduce his prison sentence. And we said, wait, whoa, we got to talk to Carol Baskin. I mean, she is obviously part of this big Tiger King fame, and uh, everybody knows Carol Baskin, CEO of Big Cat Rescue. And guess what? Carol Baskin's on the water cooler. Carol, great to see you today. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. Thank you for having me at the water cooler. Oh, I love it. You've got that line plus the background. It's just so, the ambiance is beautiful. Hey, uh, Carol, uh, talk to me about these headlines we've been seeing. Uh, you're offering something to Joe Exotic about his prison sentence. Take us through the facts so we understand. I don't like to follow the mainstream media on stuff. Tell us what's going on. Well, unfortunately, most everybody is just talking about the headlines and they're not talking about the nuances behind it. So what I had said was I would be all in favor of a reduced prison sentence if Joe Exotic would actually support the Big Cat Public Safety Act, which bans cub petting and phases out private possession, and if he would work with law enforcement to put the rest of the people that I believe are co-conspirators in jail. So he came out and said, yeah, I'll take her offer, but I don't like the bill and I'm I wasn't put in jail on purpose, you know, I'm not here for the right reasons and I want her to say that I'm not. And it's like, no, they, they put him in jail for all the right reasons. It's just, I think there's a lot of other people that he should have in there with him that he could bring in there with him if he did that. Right. So he hasn't really accepted my offer. Right. And not only that, but I mean, if he's not really into the bill, you think it's disingenuous. He's just, what's he doing there? Well, he said he wanted to rewrite the bill because he doesn't want to get rid of cub petting and private possession. That's the only two things the bill does. So mm -hmm. what else is it? I mean, the that, bill just stops the cub petting and ends the private possession. Yeah, no, that's right. Now, where, where is the, what's the latest on this bill? What's happening specifically? Because uh, uh, talk to me about the bill and what you want to see done as it relates to Congress and, and where this goes from here. So on December 3rd of last year, it actually passed the House with a two-thirds vote, which is like unbelievable. Yeah. But unfortunately, it was so late into the year that it didn't get heard by the Senate. So we had to reintroduce this year. We already have 165 co-sponsors in the House, so it is just screaming through the House as people are adding on. And the Senate just launched their version on Monday. So everything is lined up for this thing to get a hearing very quickly and get passed this year, which will stop the abuse of cub handling and phase out private possession. People who have the animals can keep them. It's not going to take anybody's animal away, but they just can't buy or breed more. Yeah. What's your sense of politics in Washington? It always gets caught up in politics in Washington, does it not? It really does. There's a great uh, Martin Luther King Jr. quote about how you can't change the heart, but you can restrain the heartless through legislation, and that's what we're doing. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about uh, what life has been like for you uh, since this Netflix series. Uh, you know, wh how's life been? Uh, what has been some of uh, the good, the bad, maybe the ugly? I, I don't know. Why don't you just kind of take it from there? Oh, David. <laughs> there I'm sorry. So much good, do we have two ugly. hours? Yeah, do we, we don't have two hours. Sorry. <laughs> It has been a wild ride and it started out really horrible because people believed the lies that they were told by these animal abusers in Tiger King. But fortunately, a lot of people have now begun to do some research and find out the truth and things have gotten so much better. And if this bill passes, it will be worth everything that we had to go through. Mm -hmm. what, what about uh, your businesses and, and how is that going? I mean, are you, are you happy with where you are in your life? What do you want to see what do you want to see from, from here on out other than the legislation? Where, where are you just in terms of moving on with your life? Well, COVID hit 
the sanctuary here in Tampa, Florida on March the 15th, and then Tiger came out, Tiger King came out on March the 20th. So in that single week, we ended up having to close our doors, both for the safety of the cats from COVID and safety of the cats from all of the crazies who believed what they saw on a TV show. Mm -hmm. And so we've not been able to reopen, and that's over a million dollars of our income every year lost now from the tour revenue that we've lost. So that's why I've had to do things like Dancing with the Stars and cameos and all those kinds of things to mm -hmm. try and raise money to make up for that shortfall. Would it be an overstatement to say you regret doing anything with the Tiger King or, or you'll just take it as, uh, how, how do you see it uh, as it relates to what happened, the fallout from Tiger King? You know, if you ask my family that, they would absolutely say they would never have trusted the uh, producers that we dealt with on Tiger King. But I believe everything happens for the good and for the betterment of all of us and that we're all reaching a higher level of enlightenment. And we just have to look for what are the good things that we can take away from this. And in this case, people finally know about the abusive industry of cup handling and they don't like it. And it's going to go away because this bill is going to pass this year. Right. And as, as we wrap up here, I have to ask you about if you if you were kind of not that you want to be in a room with Joe Exotic. I got it. Uh, but if you were and you had something to say to him specifically, what 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 would it be specifically about his his uh, comments in the media about this bill and, and what he said so far? What would you say to him at this point? I think he really wants out of jail, and I think he has the power to do that. I think by turning state's evidence against all of these other animal abusers and by helping us pass a bill that would protect these cubs and phase out the private ownership of these animals. I think those are the kinds of things that would earn him a reduced sentence or a pardon. And I don't know why he's not embracing that. It seems, you know, unless he's worried about not having any kind of a job if he can't pimp out cubs. So I don't know why he's not doing this in a legitimate manner. Yeah, that offer is still on the table then is what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. By the way, you have any interest in politics? <laughs> we know Caitlyn no. Jenner. Okay, I'm just checking because, you know, Caitlyn Jenner came out today in California. He's going to run for governor or she's going to run for governor. So, wow. Yeah, but you don't have any desire to do any of that. Yeah. I am a one trick pony. For me, it is just about protecting the cats. And if I were in political office, I'd have to deal with all of those other very important issues that are just not my not my bag. Yeah, and as we just one last question on the politics of all of this. Uh, I don't want to get into Republicans or Democrats of who, what what the holdup is in on Capitol Hill, but what what's your biggest challenge in the Senate right now with this bill? What, what, other than Joe Exotic, but what what do you got? What's happening in the Senate? Why do you think it's being held up? Well, it just got introduced, so it's not being held up. In fact, we uh, waited until we had. I think three, two or three Republicans and Democrats on the bill before they even introduced it. And that way we wanted to show that this is a bipartisan bill. Same thing over in the House, we have, we have so many Republicans on the bill as well. But the, the issue comes down to Republicans are very states' rights oriented and they feel like the states should deal with this. But you see in Tiger King, people are dealing all across these yeah. state lines. All right. Well, Carol Baskin, we really appreciate you being here, the CEO of Big Cat Rescue. I hope you'll come back on the show, give us an update. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Uh, Carol Baskin uh, of uh, Tiger King fame. What are you going to do? And I said the, the bill was being held up. I always think of the Senate. Everything's being held up because they got some other things to get uh, done. So we'll see if that bill can make it to the light of day.
Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. Uh, COVID-19, we've talked about evangelicals and vaccines and COVID-19. Uh, we've also talked about the threat to religious freedom in this country, and not just in this country, but all over the world, including, yes, Canada. Uh, you might have seen this video. We're going to play a little bit of it. This is Pastor Arthur uh, Pawlowski, uh, his church up there in Calgary, Alberta. Uh, and boy, he told the, uh, the police to get out after a so-called COVID violation that they were investigating. Uh, take a look at this. I don't care what you have to say. Out! Out! Out of this property, you Nazis! Out! Out! Gestapo is not allowed here. Immediately, Gestapo is not allowed. Out! Do you understand English? Get out of this property. Go. So go. Go. And don't come back without a warrant. Out, Nazi. Out! Out, Nazi. Uh, you know, he told them to get out, and we say to Pastor Pulowski, come in right here to the water cooler. He is the founder and pastor of Street Church Ministries, joins us now from Canada. Uh, pastor, great to see you, sir. Well, thank you very much for having me in. Uh, I, I don't even know where to begin, but why don't we go to your background? Because, you know, you, you've seen this stuff before. Talk to us about your upbringing and why such a visceral reaction to when you saw the police come to your church up there. Of course, I am a Polish immigrant. I grew up behind the Iron Curtain. I grew up under the boots of the Soviets, and I have seen this movie before. I grew up in a country, and I've heard the stories from my grandparents and the older generation about the Nazis, the Gestapo, the rapes, the pillaging. I have been almost every year in Auschwitz-Birkenau just to remind myself what people are capable of when you don't put the check on them. I have also seen the abuse of power by the police, by the court system, by the communists and socialists. I have seen this movie before, and that's why I am so aggressively vocal about it, because if we don't stop this now, if we don't push this agenda now, I'm telling you, it's going to be hell on earth. And that's how it was when I was growing up. It was hell on earth. Police could come break into your door five in the morning, torture you, beat you up, and then throw you in jail. And then you would think to yourself, for sure, I've done nothing wrong, so the courts will vindicate me. And then the courts were bought, the courts were corrupted, the courts were only doing what the Communist Party was telling them to do. 50,000 communists were ruling over 36 million Poles. I mean, that's yeah. what is happening right now with this COVID hysteria. 30 months ago, I was the first clergyman in Canada to get a COVID ticket, I call it, $1,200. My parishioners were shoved, attacked, assaulted. I was surrounded by 12 officers. And then this continued weeks after weeks after week. During our Christmas celebration, when the Canadian government said that they're canceling Christmas, we had over 100 police officers, 52 police cars, and 20 cops on bicycles. And then they started to attack us on our second location. I feed the homeless people on the streets. And then we have a church building where I teach the Bible. And then the officers started to show up at our second location, blocking our driveway, intimidating parishioners, taking pictures of children and women. I've seen this before. When they couldn't, when the communists couldn't get to you, they would take the pictures of the children and the women, and they would say to them, hey, maybe we will not get you, but we mm -hmm. will come after your children and your family. That's why I call them yeah. Nazi, Gestapo, and communists, because they came to enforce a bylaw infraction 
uh, you know, making sure that I'm wearing a mask during the sermon. But at the same time, they have broken three criminal charges, three criminal laws, interfering with the clergyman, interfering with the church in session and trespassing. That's five years jail time what they have done. Yeah. So then the question becomes, where are you today on all of this? What's happening specifically? You said they kept it up. They kept it up and kept going. Are you seeing any progress or do you think they're not going to stop and you're not going to stop? You know, uh, thank God I told them my stand. I stand on the law, not only the law of God, but also the law of the country. We are protected under the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. We have a constitution that protects us, clergymen and our parishioners, from this kind of harassment and intimidation. Even during the Middle Ages, the soldiers, the knights, they were required to leave their weapons outside of the sanctuary, a temple or a cathedral. Here, those people in 21st century, they have absolutely no... Uh, no problem and no moral problem to to walk in with their guns and the tasers and and their so-called authorities i told them to come back with the warrant and that was three weeks ago and they since then they did not show up because they know they know i can press charges they know i can take them uh, before the courts and they know what they're doing right now is illegal and my message to every clergyman every restaurant owner every business owner every person that values their rights, tell them no, that's how it starts, no, and tell them to get out. Because if you don't do it now, they're going to keep coming, keep coming, keep coming until nothing is left. And we have seen this before. Right. So what's going on in your church today and where you go, you guys are not going to be wearing masks. You're doing what you're, what are you doing specifically? You're saying, look, we're going to preach the gospel and not worry about these restrictions that they're trying to place on you. Well, first of all, who do I serve? I don't serve the prime minister. I don't serve the the mayor. I don't work for them. I don't work for the government. I work for God. And in my Bible, it's very clear. Do not forsake the gatherings of the saints. In my Bible, it's very clear. If there is anyone sick among you, lay hands on them. So I lay hands on the people every week since the beginning. Since I remember, I read the Bible and it says lay hands on the people so they can recover. I'm doing this. I am not working for the government. I'm working for God. God is very clear. If it comes to his commandments, if you love me, obey my commandments. It doesn't say if you love me, obey the Caesar's commandments. It's his commandments. So I am absolutely shocked how weak the church is and the pastors that are not following the Bible, their own Bible, and they have uh, abandoned the sheep and the people uh, like the rats uh, from you know sinking ships. So um, my message is again: who whom are you serving? Juicy this day, are you serving the government officials, the pharaohs of the land, or you serving God? you got to make a choice because I have chosen to serve God. We do not wear masks. We pray for people. I preach the gospel. I have coffee with my parents, uh, even though it's illegal to this day to have a coffee with my brother. Can you imagine? I have people in my house every single day, and I pray with them. I talk with them, and my people are healthy. Pastor Palowski, really appreciate uh, you coming on the show. And look, uh, it's a black robe regiment, uh, what we knew in America, and and you're part of it uh, in in today's day and age. We really thank you for coming on. Thank you. Be blessed. All right. Uh, Pastor Palowski, right there in Canada, Alberta, Calgary, I believe specifically. Uh, Look, this is what Pastor Brian Gibson talks about when he comes on our show. Uh, He says, where are the pastors? Are they going to stand up? Where's the church? Are they going to stand up? We're at an inflection point. Back in a moment. 
Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. Time for the last sip. I've got to tell you, uh, before we get to the last sip, that Pastor Pulowski interview in the last segment was uh, really powerful. He talked about, in essence, the Black Robe Regiment up in Canada. In other words, pastors that are going to stand true to their convictions and speak out boldly from the church, from the pulpit, uh, from inside the four walls of uh, God's house. Uh, and that's exactly what he is doing up there in Canada. And he, and he was honest. He said, look, uh, the pastors are failing. The church is failing. Uh, parishioners inside the church are failing. It's all about groupthink. It's all about follow the crowd. I mean, think about same-sex marriage for a second, right? I mean, same-sex marriage, remember, the Defense of Marriage Act was passed uh, by Bill Clinton back in the early 90s. He was for traditional marriage. Democrats, plenty of them, Joe Biden included, for traditional marriage. Barack Obama, for traditional marriage. And then what happened? Oh, now we're for same-sex marriage. So, so basically, the polling on same-sex marriage changed. But guess what? God's word never changed on same-sex marriage. But the polling did. People like to follow people, and that's that. All right, time for the last sip. Has nothing to do with what I talked about. Instead, let's go to the headline, shall we? Oh, we love this one. This is Darius, uh, the world's longest rabbit. Um, I don't want to make fun of this. Uh, Darius is missing. Uh, Darius is four feet long, weighs 50 pounds, uh, went missing this past weekend in England. It's a small English village. Uh, police are involved, so do not defund the police on this one, folks. Do not defund the police. Uh, he was apparently abducted from his home, uh, I guess in the garden there. Uh, there is a 2,000-pound reward. Let me do some quick calculation on that. That's $2,745. If you see Darius the rabbit running around America, though my guess is you're not going to see him in America because, wait for it, he's in England, and it would be hard for a rabbit to transport across the continent, or excuse me, uh, transport across the Atlantic Ocean. That would be a very smart rabbit. Uh, by the way, Darius largely retired from public appearances. He's on a special diet. Uh, he actually would die without the diet. So uh, bottom line is uh, someone, let's, can, we, can we find Darius, uh, by the way? And uh, as I'm looking at this here, uh, apparently uh, he was in the Guinness Book of World Records as the third uh, longest rabbit. But then guess what? He had offspring. And guess what? Those offspring were even bigger than him. And so now he's been pushed down, <laughs> pushed down by uh, his, uh, not siblings, uh, but by his uh, sons and daughters. <laughs> a rabbit doesn't have, a rabbit has sons and daughters. I'm sorry, I think they're bunnies. My bad, so sorry. Don't send me an email. I know, look, I'm just an anchor, okay? I'm not, I'm an anchor. Welcome back to The Water Cooler, everybody. Great show today. I like how we compliment ourselves uh, all the time. Uh, Anna Perez is here, Real America's Voice correspondent. Um, congratulations for being part of a great show. Thank you. <laughs> Why am I laughing? I love being on this great show. That's right. And you're just going to add to the greatness. Yes. I put oh, that in air quotes. You. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you don't take it as offensive that I put it in, like, Air quotes, no, like I'm you're, not offended. You're not okay. offended. You're really not it's offended right. at anything. <laughs> all right. Uh, so what's, tech, what's Texas doing on immigration here? What's happening? Well, right now, uh, Texas is suing the Biden administration for the migrant surge. They don't believe that the administration is handling it right. They're violating a lot of the federal guidelines as far as the pandemic goes. Mm -hmm. um, and this is really interesting because on, a, on a, a lot of different levels, because first of all, they're violating their own guidelines that they put forward. Um, and of course, this is something that Democrats have been pushing for a while. Mm -hmm. They're the ones who are saying, oh, you need to wear a mask outside. You know, you need to stand, you know, 12 feet away from people, six feet. But, you know, and there's all these guidelines that seem to be pushed by the left more so than the right. So it's just interesting to me 
that they would, you know, have this double standard, it seems, mm -hmm. for migrants versus U.S. citizens. Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned that, and then I think of the school kids, right? I mean, that's also double standard. So so six feet, I say double standards, it's so... It's so uh, different standards, right? I mean, six feet for adults, but if you're under 18, you know, if you're in school, it's three feet. So you're a senior in high school, it's it's three feet, but now you're in college, it's six feet. What is that? You know, make any sense it's, well, in these, a lot of these restrictions aren't necessarily based off of science is what we know, as we've heard before. Oh, yeah, um, true. You know, Fauci came out and said these weren't exactly things that were put in place based off of real scientific research. Mm -hmm. These were just, you know, his own, you know, research, I guess you could say, that he put forth. But, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this case because I think mm -hmm. this is, you know, this isn't the only state that's having issues with this. I know Arizona, as we talked about recently, just, you know, mm -hmm. dispatched 250 National Guard troops to uh, the border communities to fix the situation there or at least sort of maintain, you know, right. the situation. So even though that's not necessarily pandemic-related, it's still border-related, and I think these states are really struggling to deal with the situation at hand under the Biden administration. Yeah, so these are lawsuits, or there's more than law? Is it lawsuits? Well, the, uh, the Arizona one right now isn't a lawsuit that's yet. That's true. Yet. But in Texas? But is? in Texas, this is a lawsuit, It's yes. a lawsuit. Okay, all right. Anna, uh, have a great weekend. Thank you. You too. I, I don't want to, like, it sounds like I'm officially saying that. Like, have a great weekend. But I really mean it. Have a great weekend. Thanks. You too. <laughs> I mean it. You, okay. I think you do. No, you do. You do. All right. Uh, this weekend, uh, you know, I don't know what I'm doing exactly. Oh, but on Monday, we'll have another show, and I'm looking forward to that. Russ vote on the show on Monday. We'll see you then. Have a great weekend.